Well, praise the Lord. Good morning. This is Pastor Crump of the Door of Faith Christian Church. I'm here welcoming you to our live broadcast. Hey, we're ready for the Word. I hope you've been ready for the Word because we're coming your way right now. Door of Faith Christian Church, call somebody, let them know. And if you have not done your podcast, you can do that right now. Uh, if you can't do your cheerful giving, you can do that right now. We're live. Do a faith Christian church. Amen. Want to say hello, send a shout out to all those people uh, who came, surprised me yesterday, called me for my birthday yesterday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise the Lord for his goodness. Just good to be here, good to be alive. We're going to get it right into God's word. Call a friend, call a neighbor. We're going to get it right into 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. As a matter of fact, I thought I was going to be going to a new series today. But we got the word. You know, God is faithful. He is faithful that promised. All right, so we're going to get right into God's word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. We're going to read that one verse. I like to read that whole chapter. That word is so good. As a matter of fact, I think I will. Verse number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. I determined not to know anything among you, say Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. First Corinthians once again in verse number two. Amen. In verse number two, so I determined not to know anything among you, say Jesus Christ and him crucified. It says, I was with you in weakness. And I would you in fear, and I would you in much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And then in verse number six says, How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect? Now we're going to use that word today, perfect. Uh, the end that are perfect, Paul used. Not the wisdom of this world, nor the prince of this world that come to know. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom was God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered to the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Here's my verse, verse 10. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now that's from our series, because we've been doing a series. Matter of fact, we started in volume number five today on this series, and this series is really called The Word of God Revealed. The Word of God revealed. We showed you last week that we had the Word of God concealed. We had the Word of God manifested. And now we have the Word of God con uh, revealed. And that is the gospel of Christ. So we're going to read that one verse, Ephesians chapter number 1. Then we're going to pray get right into God's Word. Ephesians chapter 1. Got a lot of words for you this morning. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. Show you how to be saved. My ministry is to teach you how to be saved. Because that's one of the greatest 
obstacles I think I had in my life. I didn't know how I was saved. My early life. Because I had so many people telling me so many things. And they was not true. Ephesians 1 and 13 said, In whom also you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the honors of our inheritance unto the redemption of the precious possession unto the praise of his glory. All right, so we're going to pray. Then we're going to go to our subject today, which is found in Hebrew chapter 6. I meet you there. Father, we thank you now for your word that's coming forth. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. We bless you. We praise you. We appreciate you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Speak to the audience today, Lord. Anybody that don't know Jesus Christ, not understand their salvation, I pray they will understand today, Lord. And I pray that you will let your Holy Spirit be all over the people today in the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Give you praise and glory for making us your sons in Jesus' name. All the way their prayer said, amen. All right, so what I'm going to talk about today is found in Hebrew chapter number six. Last week, I talked about the truth. And I showed you the revealed word is the truth. Or the truth is the revealed word. Now, that's the new covenant, the New Testament that Paul preached to the Gentiles. So what I want to do today, I want to give you the subject that I'm going to use today. Then I'm going to go back and kind of recap a little bit, bring you up to date. I want to do that for those people uh, who might not have watched our last week broadcast. And I think it's, it's fair to do that. Okay, so in Hebrew chapter 6, first of all, I'm going to take you to where I'm going to go. Because I talked about this last week that I was going to do this. And I said this. I said this on last week podcast now. I said we're going to go on to perfection. But I'm going to show you this because I want you to have the mind of Christ, but I want you to use this mind this morning to think about Israel. Now, Israel is who he's talking to in Hebrew chapter 6. In chapter 6, he's talking to the nation of Israel. He, not, not just the nation, but the church of God, which were dominant Jews, which were Israel. But he was going to show them, because they was walking by faith, they had to get somewhere. All right. Now remember, they had already rejected Christ. That is what God wanted them to have when Paul came and preached the gospel to them, starting in Acts chapter 30, chapter 13, verse 26 and 36. Paul wanted to preach that in verse 46. He wanted to preach to them uh, the gospel, but they rejected the gospel. So now they had to go by faith. That means that they're going to believe if they really believe God then they will continue all the way to the end to be saved. So I'm saying that because that ministry was not ours. We was not saved that he didn't do it to the end shall be saved. That was not ours. I'm going to be doing something for our audience uh, coming up soon uh, on the end of the world. Because I think if I do that and teach you the end of the world, then you understand it was not taught to us. It was taught by Jesus Christ to the church of God or to the children of Israel, though that little flock that followed him, he taught them about the end of the world. The end of the world was not our, min our ministry, it was the church of God's ministry. They are the ones who came to the end of the world, not us. 
after their ministry came to an end, then the dispensation of grace started. As a matter of fact, God already gave us the ministry of the dispensation of grace through the Apostle Paul before he left. So we thank God for that. So in Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 1 says, Therefore, leaving... Now you have to understand, the key is leaving. He's talking to Hebrews. Because Hebrews had been in a situation like the church of Galatia. You can think about that same church. Uh, it's the same word. Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. This is what he's telling them to do. Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. Now, this word perfection is the word I want to capitalize on today. Let us go on to perfection. It's going to be my subject. Let us go on to perfection. Now, you got to understand, this was given to the Hebrews. I want to keep saying that because it's not to the body of Christ. The book of Hebrews is not to the body of Christ. So when I tell you things in the book of Hebrews, I'm talking about the Hebrews. Okay? This is what Paul told the Hebrews. Let us go on to perfection. Now, the reason why is I have to back up to, for you to understand where I'm coming from, especially those who was not here last week. Now, let's go back to John chapter number 8. So my subject once again is let us go on to perfection. I'm continuing the series, The Word of God Revealed, part, series number 5. But I'm going to start today part one this morning because I would like to continue this at my 11 o'clock services on part two. So let us go on to perfection. Remember, I'm going to give you the answer to, for you need, then I go back. Let's do that. Let's go to Colossians first. In Colossians chapter one, I'm going to give you a couple of verses there in Colossians 1, 21 and 22. And then I'm going to do verse 27 and 28 from the book of Colossians. Because he's not talking to the body of Christ. Now I want you to understand that there are two different messages, really three if you add the law, but in the New Testament there's three different mess there's two different messages. If you add the law, there would be three. So they came from the law to the gospel, the kingdom. All right? Then the apostle Paul preached to the Gentile the gospel of Christ. All right? So most of the stuff you're hearing today in churches is the gospel of the kingdom because it's all about faith, 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 all right? But their faith you're talking about today is to get something. That's, that's not what faith is for. Faith is so you can get to become righteous. God gave you faith as a gift so you can become righteous. Faith is counted for righteousness. See, so faith is not get. God didn't give you faith to get something. God gave you faith to become somebody. All right? So everybody who was God's, like Abraham, I'm going to show you Abraham today also. God gave Abraham faith because Abraham believed God. See? So, if, so why did God give you faith? So you can believe God. So God's word is being preached. You don't have his faith, you can't believe God's word. People have been teaching faith to get stuff and all this stuff. That's been the wrong misrepresentation of faith. Faith is 
to believe God's word, not to get something, because every child that he gave faith to, he made righteous. Now you receive everything through faith. Everything, everything that you have, God has already given to you in Christ. All right, so let's go to Colossians first, and let's look at chapter number 1 and verse number 22. Uh, 21 and 22. He said, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind, by, talking to the Gentiles, by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. Now, that word has he reconciled is, is 2 Corinthians 5, 19. So you have to understand what Paul is saying. Yet has he reconciled. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 19 says, So with that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, watch this, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So he reconciled the world to himself. That's what Colossians is talking about. Chapter 1 and verse 21 says, And you that were sometime alienated in your, and enemies in your mind, by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. So Christ has already come, and God has reconciled man back to God through the death of his son. Then he's going to tell you something else that God did. He did it in the body of his flesh. He did it through death. Why did Jesus die? Here it is. To present us holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Now let's listen to that again. Christ died in the flesh that he could present us, the church, holy, unblameable, unreprovable. Those words mean holy, pure, and faultless in his sight. Now, that's how it happened. It happened through Christ's death. Now, let's go to verse 27, 28. Same chapter. This is verse 25. This is why Paul preached the dispensation of grace. So in verse number 25, Paul said, Whereof I made a minister, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill, don't forget that word, to fulfill the word of God. Now I know people think that there's something else after the gospel of grace. You know, I've heard people say, well, after the gospel of grace, God's going to come and do this. Listen, listen what this says. God gave Paul the gospel of grace or the gospel of Christ to fulfill the word of God. Now, the word fulfill has many definitions, but I'm just going to give you a few. Put an end to. Put an end to. Wait a minute. Fulfill means to put an end to. Finish. Accomplish. Complete. So how is God going to complete, fulfill, finish, put an end to the word of God, and then he's going to come back and do something else later on? No, 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 no. You don't. You got enough word. There's no problem having enough word. The problem is you don't understand what God did in the dispensation of grace. God, at the same time, God had the gospel of the kingdom, which were, these were the two witnesses, matter of fact, the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of Christ. Both of those were witnesses. Now, let me show you how you know the witness. Let me show you how you know. The Bible told you. Go to Matthew 24. Just going to show you one. The gospel of the kingdom. Matthew chapter number 24 and verse number 14. Now, this is what Jesus is talking about. That's why it was these believers who had to endure to the end. 
Matthew 24 and verse 13. But he that endureth to the end, he's talking to the Jewish believer. He's talking to Peter, James, and John. He that endureth to the end. He's not going to come over here to the New Testament and tell you he that endureth to the end. There's no end in grace. The purpose that God sent his son was to put us back into grace. You got to understand, if I go all the way back to Adam, what happened in the days of Adam? God put Adam in grace. He put Adam in the garden. Like he put Adam in Christ, type, type of. But Adam ate of the tree of neither good and evil, and what happened? Adam fell from grace. Now Adam fell from spirit realm to the natural earthly realm for his conscience concerning. Now he's going to now enter into a realm of fear, sin, death, all that kind of stuff because that's the realm he entered into. Now Christ came into this realm and died, buried, and raised again from the dead to take us out of this realm back into grace. Well, there is no fear, no death, no sin. See, that's what you got to see. There's nothing. The purpose of him coming was to put us back in the grace. Okay. So in Matthew chapter 24, verse number 13, said, but he didn't do it to the end, to Peter, James, and John. The same shall be saved. Now that word shall be saved is what you get in Romans chapter 10. He that endure to the end, watch this, shall be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, watch this, thou shall be saved. See, he's not talking about saved for as born again. He's talking about saved from the wrath to come, which was spoken in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 by John the Baptist. Saved from the wrath to come, or the destruction that was coming upon Israel. All right, now Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14. And this gospel, now he's telling these Jewish believers what gospel would be a witness for them. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, watch this, for a witness. See, you had two witnesses in the book of Revelation, that's one of them, okay? Now, for a witness unto all nations, and watch what he says, and then shall the end come. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. The gospel of the kingdom is not preached to the church. The gospel of Christ is preached to the church. The gospel of the kingdom was preached to the nation, starting with Jesus Christ, also Peter, James, and John, and also the apostle Paul. Preached the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of Christ is preached to the church. Why? Because in the gospel of the kingdom, it was who Jesus is. The gospel of Christ is Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. You don't preach to the church that Jesus is Messiah, Jesus is Christ. You preach that gospel to the Jewish believer. They are saved by believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're not saved that way. You are saved by believing in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Those are the two gospels. Make sure you got your, your doctrine right there. Now, in 2 Corinthians, uh, told us in chapter 5, uh, let's, go, let's go back to our teaching today. Let's go back to our teaching because my whole point is to take you 
uh, showing you something in the Word of God. I showed you Kalash and I showed you Corinth. First of all, I showed you about reconciliation. Then I showed you uh, in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, 28, show how you're perfect. And that's what I want to go back to because I'm getting ready to go to back to John chapter 8 again. All right. Now, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 25 once again said, Where Paul said, I was, I was made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which was given to me for you. Watch this, to fulfill the word of God. Then it says, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Listen at the term. It wasn't revealed to his saints. That's why I keep saying you have to understand that the church of God was the saints, okay? You may call yourself saints, you might be, but my point is, this is not who he's talking to here. Here he's talking to the church of God, the saints. Watch what it says. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages, from generation, but now is made known to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Can't you see he's talking about saints and Gentiles? Then it says, which is Christ in you. This is the gospel Paul says, I have preached among the Gentiles. Christ in you, the hope of glory, which we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man, watch this, perfect in Christ. So Paul's ministry, Colossians 1.28, is to make all men perfect in Christ. To make all men perfect in Christ. Now, I want you to take that word perfect because we're going to get to it in just a moment and we're going to show you that word perfect means to be made perfect or to be made right with God, or to be made righteous, all right? Now, I'm going to go all the way back because i got to go back and show you how we got here. So back into uh, the Gospel of St. John, chapter 8. Let's go back because this is what we talked about. When you get last week's tape that's on podcast now, uh, the John chapter 8, verse number 30, uh, this is what we talked about last week. Uh, that the truth is the word of God revealed. Go back instead of that tape, part one and part two, and you'll pick up this, John chapter number eight, uh, verse 30. Jesus was talking to those Jews which believed on him, and he spake the word, many believed on him. Verse number 31. Then said Jesus, those Jews which believed on him. Watch this. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Watch this, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, they didn't understand that then. The truth shall make you free. They're looking at free from slavery, free from the enemy. But watch what Jesus is going to say to them. Verse 33, they answered, we be Abraham's seed. We was never in bondage to any man. How saith thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say to you, whosoever committed sin... So he's talking about free from sin. He's talking about serving sin. The word committed means serving. He that serves sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abided not in the house forever, but the son. So otherwise, God's going to make you a son. So you've been a servant, but God's going to make you a son. That's Galatians 4.1. I'm not going there. If therefore the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. 
Now, all right, here we go. The Son is going to make you free. How is he going to do it? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So he let you know, John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. So the Son, they had to know the Son. That's how they were saved. They had to believe he was the Son. You, you right there in John chapter number 8, back up to verse 21. Their salvation was based on knowing him, that he's the Christ, he's the Son of the living God. That's why he did all the miracles, that they will believe that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. All right? Now, John chapter 8, verse 21. Then said Jesus to those Jews, I go my way, you shall seek me. Watch this. You're going to die in your sins. Whether I go, you cannot come. Then the Jews said, would he kill himself? Because he said, whether I go, you cannot come. So he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore to you that you shall die in your sins. Watch this. For if you believe not that I am he, I'm the Christ, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Son of God. If you don't believe that I'm the Christ, you're going to die in your sins. So their salvation was based on believing he's the Christ. Let me give you one more verse. When John closed out his gospel, in the gospel of John, chapter 20, when he closes out his gospel in chapter 20, in verse 30, he said, Many other signs truly that Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that, and that believing, you might have life through his name. So they got life, watch this, through his name. Your salvation is not in the name of Jesus, it's in the name of Christ. All right? So that's the difference in the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of Christ. They are saved in the name of Jesus. Look at John again, go back to John chapter number one. John chapter number one. And we're going to start reading John 1 and verse 9 and verse 9. Let's do 9, yeah? It says, John says, That was the true light, talking about Christ, which lighted every man that come into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own. Now, who did he come to? Came to Israel. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him of the Jewish nation, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Their salvation was in the name of Jesus. They had to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, to be saved. All right? Now, when Jesus came to them three and a half years they crucified him. Why they crucified him? They did not know him. Look at John chapter 17. Their salvation was knowing that he was Christ. That's why he kept asking them, did they know who he was? Because that was their salvation. John chapter 17 and verse 1. These words spake Jesus, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. And thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. 
Watch what this says, verse 3. This is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Eternal life to the Jewish believer under the gospel of the kingdom was so they would know who Jesus is. If they knew who he was, they would know who the Father is. And then they would have eternal life. That's not your gospel. Your gospel is Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. That's what you have to believe before God make you righteous. All right? I'm going to show you a little more of that as we go along. Let's move on. Now, I'm a, I gave the John chapter 8. Now, what, what did God set them free from? Look at Romans 6, 17. All these are on the series on the teaching I did last week. The truth is the word of God revealed. All right, Romans chapter, 16, Romans chapter 6 told us what God set them free from. Remember Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, make you free from what? You know, that's what I would say. When Romans chapter 6 verse 17 told us. Romans chapter 6, but thanks be to God, you are the servant of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine, that's the doctrine of Acts chapter 15 that Paul gave them, which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin. So we know what they were made free from. They were made free from sin. You became the service of righteousness. Remember, they had to be free from sin before they could be the service of righteousness. Now, in verse, and you're also there, let me give you one more. Uh, verse number 22, Romans 6 and 22. But now, being made free from sin, again, you became service to God and have your fruit under holiness and the end everlasting life. See, our everlasting life came in Romans chapter 6 because God saved us from sin. But they rejected the cross, remember that? They rejected Christ. They rejected his death, death, and resurrection. They rejected the cross, the ministry of Jesus Christ entirely. All right. Now, this brings me to the day's message. Let's go to the book of Galatia, chapter 3. Let's go to work. Now, in the book of Galatia, chapter 3, I'm going to be reading to you uh, the first five verses. I'm going to read this out of the, I got the NLT and the good news. I'm going to. Let's do a little good news today. Uh, Galatia, chapter number five. Now, this church at Galatia, which were Gentiles, Galatia chapter five, verse one. Freedom is what we have. Freedom is what we have. Christ has set us free. He said again, freedom is what we have. Christ has set us free. Now he's going to say to them, I'm reading to you out of the good news. Stand then as a, free, as a free people. Do not allow yourself to become slaves again. Well, how could they become slaves again? By going over to Peter's church. See, Peter still preached circumcision. Peter still preached water baptism. Peter still preached foot washing. See, they were at Peter's church. They, all, they could take communion. At Peter's church, Passover. No, no, no. See, Paul was telling them to stay free from that. Then in verse 2, he said, listen, I, Paul, tell you that 
you allow yourself to, to be circumcised, it means that Christ is of no use to you at all. One more, I warn any man who allow himself to be circumcised that now he's obligated to obey the whole law. Those of you who, who try to be put right with God by obeying the law, those of you who try to be put right with God by circumcision, by water baptism, by foot washing, by taking communion, you're trying to be right with God. Now, I, I know because I, I, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for 35 years. I've been in ministry for 40. I see people will come to church on a Sunday morning and take communion, stick that finger up in the air and walk out that door after they take communion. They feel like I'm all right with God again. So, but the key was people would come in the church and there are people who wash feet, think they're all right with God. People get water baptized. Mom and dad, I'm getting water baptized. Family come to church and watch, watch that child get water baptized. Now he's right with God. Church, listen, that's the law. You're not right with God unless you believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. Now follow me along. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 4 said, Those of you who try to be put right with God by obeying the law have cut yourself off from Christ. You cut yourself off. You don't even believe in Christ anymore. You are outside of God's grace. I can't say it enough. You left grace. You're not in grace. You're in, walk, in law and works. You have to make up your mind who, how you're saved. If you're saved by grace, then you can't keep taking communion. You can't keep washing your feet. You can't keep getting water baptized. See, you're saying, oh yeah, I believe in the cross as one of the ways to be saved. No, no, no. It, it has to be the only way to be saved. Either you believe in the cross for your salvation or you're not saved. Oh, I can't say it enough. I, I just can't express myself enough, Miss Crump, to be able to say this because people, people feel like, well, I know, I know I believe in the cross just like you, Pastor, but I still think we ought to be water baptized. But I still think we ought to wash feet. But I still think we ought to do communion on Sunday now. Come on now, we ought to do communion. Uh, we all do Passover because that's the true word for Passover. Listen, which one is making you right with God is what I want to ask you. That's all I want to ask you. Which one of these things made you right with God? The cross, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, the water baptism, when you got water baptized, or the foot washing, or the Passover that you take on communion's first Sunday. Which one of these things make you right with God? It's not hard. This is what Paul spoke to the Galatians. God is speaking to you. Don't turn down his salvation. He said you are outside of God's grace. Now let me read it again. Verse 4, Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. We read now the good news. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, those of you who try to be put right with God by obeying the law, you cut yourself off from Christ. You are outside of God's grace. As for us, our hope is that God would put us right with him, and that is what we wait by the power of God's spirit working through our faith. For when we are, for, for when we are in union with Christ Jesus, Neither circumcision 
nor the like of, of it makes us any different at all. What matters is faith that works through love. Now, I want to read this same thing out of the NLT. You know the NLT is probably one of my favorite books. I like the good news. I'm a teacher from the, from the King James. But at the same time, I like the good news. But there are sometimes, listen at, listen at this. Oh, foolish Galatians. I'm reading out of Galatians chapter 3 out of the, good, out of the NLT. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. I mean, you right there, you saw him crucified. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? See, that's what he asked them. Did you receive the Holy Spirit because you got water baptized? Now, you got some folks, Miss Crump, would tell you they got the Holy Ghost when they got water baptized. See, somebody lied to you. You've been deceived. You can't get the Holy Ghost because you get water baptized. You can't get the Holy Ghost because I wash your feet. You can't get the Holy Ghost because you take communion or Passover, they call it. You can only get, watch what he's going to tell you. He'll give you an answer. In Galatians chapter number 3, I'm going to read chapter 5 too, but I do want to read this first here, out of chapter 3. He says, The meaning of Jesus Christ's death on the cross was made clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Holy Spirit because you believed the message. You heard about Christ. Isn't that simple? You receive the Holy Spirit because you, you believe the method. Well, the method to you is Christ's death, being resurrection. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian life, watch this, in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Oh, my God. You're trying to watch... Christ has already perfected you in Christ, Colossians 1.28. Paul said, I'm presenting you holy and perfect in Christ. And yet the church will wash their feet to be better with God. Yet the church is taking the communion, Passover, trying to get right with God. Yet the church is water baptizing to get right with God. You're deceived. You have left God's salvation. That's an awesome thing. I'm going to tell you the truth. Watch this. Now, the Apostle Paul said again, Galatians chapter 3, verse 5. He says, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and works miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. The message you heard about Christ. The gospel of the kingdom, they had to preach Jesus. The gospel of Christ, you preach Christ and him crucified. What an awesome thing. Now, I want to read this same thing out of Galatians chapter 5, the NLT, that I read the good news. He says, so Christ has truly set us free. I'm reading Galatia out of the NLT, verse 1. Chapter 5, verse 1. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free. 
Don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, Paul says. I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be on no benefit, will be of no benefit to you. I say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, that's what people are doing. They're trying to find favor with God being water baptized, washing their feet, taking Passover on the first Sunday. You're trying to find favor with God. If you're trying to find favor with God of, of doing that, you must obey every regulation of God's law. For if you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Think about it. You left grace. You've fallen away from grace. You're not even in grace anymore. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness of God promised to us. Now, that's all I want to do. I just want to, to share his word with you because let us go on to perfection is what Paul is saying. Let us go on to perfection. So he's saying, look, you can't be made perfect by the flesh. Well, okay, how are we going to get there, Pastor? I'm glad you asked me. Write down the word perfect. We're going to go back to Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. Let's go, let's do that. Genesis 6 and 9. See, the word of God told us how to do it. So we go back, we found a guy named Noah. And we're going to look at verse 8, verse 9, Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, verse 9. Now, let us go into perfection. God telling the Hebrews. Now, remember, if they had to receive Christ, I want to make sure I keep saying this over and over again. If they had received Christ, they would have been perfected in Christ. They would not have to go through all the stuff they went through. They went through the book of Revelation, tribulation, book of Revelation, tribulation, is because they did not put their trust in Christ. So they had to endure to the end of the book of Revelation, all the stuff they went through, because they rejected God's Son. Now that's what the book of Revelation is for. It's not for you, it's what happened to Israel when they rejected God's Son. They had to go through the book of Revelation, the tribulation. That's why everything in that book is about what happened to the nation of Israel because they rejected Christ. That's what it's about. It's not about, well, pastor, we got this virus today. Isn't this fulfillment of the book of Revelation? No. No. See, what happens is, if you believe that, then you believe also that God is killing all these people. See, that's what you're believing. So if I get on TV and tell you all, oh, yeah, this virus, God is, 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 is I tell you, God going to make sure his people worship God. I'm going to tell you, God going to make, listen, God, God not going to put no virus on you to kill you to try to get you to believe his words. That's why he sent me. God don't, God is not that kind of a father. In the Old Testament, the Bible said God was angry with the wicked. He was angry with the wicked in the Old Covenant because Israel was wicked. And he had given him his word and his laws. But he's not in the New Covenant angry with the people. 
So as a pastor, we don't want to present God as an angry God, a God who gets you with virus and kill you if you don't believe him. No, that's not the God we serve. Now, you could end up dying because you don't believe him, but it's not like God is putting virus on you to kill you. This happened because somebody allowed it. This is not God putting this on you. This was a human error. This could have been prevented. If God were going to do something, nobody could stop it. Nobody. Okay? Now, let's move on. Now, I'm showing you, let us go on to perfection. He's talking to Israel. Let's go on to righteousness, he told Israel. Let's go on to perfection. Let's go on to being holy before God. Well, how is that going to happen? They had to either receive Jesus Christ or by faith go to the end to Jesus Christ come back. And that's what they had to do. All right. Now, let's show you this in the word, not just tell you this. All right. Now, I gave you Galatia already, uh, chapter three, and I've already showed you in Galatia. They was trying to be made perfect by the flesh. Can't be made perfect by the flesh. All right. So let's see. Let's see what God answer for them is going to be. Now, we're dealing with the word perfection. I've already showed you you're perfect in Christ. Colossians chapter one, verse twenty eight. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 6 and verse 9. Now, the first man you're going to see in the Bible is Noah. But watch what God's going to say in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, watch what happened because he found grace. These are the generation of Noah. Noah was a just man. Noah was perfect in his generation. Why would God say Noah was perfect? Because Noah found grace. See, once Noah found grace, he became a righteous man. So what happened when you find grace? You become a righteous man. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 17. See, I'm, I'm, I'm a friend of yours. I'm a good friend. I'm really here to tell you the truth. And like the Apostle Paul says, you can't, you can't, not like, you can't dislike me because I tell you the truth. I'm a friend of yours. Somebody got to tell you the truth. Religion will bring you back under the law and then religion will bring you under condemnation. All right? Now, look at Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1. Watch what God going to say to Abraham. Now, God wants to bless Abraham, but he cannot do it until Abraham become righteous. I can't say it enough. God wants to bless Abraham. But God cannot bless Abraham until he become righteous. And there are a whole lot of folk who want God to bless them. Oh, I just want God to bless me. Well, the first thing God has to do is make you a son. He gives you his righteousness that makes you a son. Now he gives you everything else that he has. But he can't give you everything that he has until you become a son. Now, you can see that in your natural. You can see the natural life. If you got uh, somebody live next door, you got a son in your house, who are you going to leave your inheritance to? The guy next door or the son in the house? So you need to become a son. God make you righteous. Now he can give you 
his inheritance. Now watch this. In Genesis 17, verse 1, when Adam was 90, I'm sorry, Abraham, I'm sorry, when Abraham was 99 years old, 99, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am the almighty God, watch this, walk before me and watch this, be thou perfect. Now, for Abraham to be perfect, he had to become righteous. Now, the rest of the story with Abraham is God had promised him in chapter 12. Now he has to show Abraham he's going to do what he says. But he can't do it until he make make Abraham righteous. So how is he going to do that? We know he's going to tell Abraham to take your son. He has to give him the son. Without the son, Abraham cannot become righteous. Just think about what that says. Because that son represented Christ. So God's going to give him a son, Isaac. But he's going to have to do something to the son. Because Abraham is going to be a type of the father himself. So he's going to have to take his son to the top of the mountain. When he takes his son to the top of that mountain, he's going to have to offer up his son as a sacrifice to God. Now God is not going to let him finish, but he's going to have to do it. Now, once he do that, God is going to stop him. And God is going to say to Abraham, Abraham, we're in Genesis 22 now. And Abraham, Abraham, he's going to call out Abraham's name. Because Abraham is going to, is going to, he's going to go to kill his son. He's going to, I believe he had committed himself. That's what I believe. And when he committed himself, then God's going to have to stop him. Because this, young, this man was going to take his son's life. But God would not do that. So I'm going to start reading in Genesis 22, verse 14. Abraham called the name of the place he took Isaac up, Jehovah Jireh, as it is said this day, in the mount of the Lord shall be, it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven a second time and says, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and have not withheld thy son, thy only son. Now, remember, God gave Abraham this son because he wanted to put Abraham to the test to see that Abraham believed God because Abraham could not get what God wanted him to have until he believed God. So watch what God's going to do. He did not withhold his only son. Verse 17, now God says, remember God promised him this in chapter 12. He said, now in blessings I'll bless you, Multiply, I multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the land of the gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In Christ. No S on seed. Christ. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now remember, Abraham took Isaac Put him on an altar, took a knife to kill Isaac, and God had to stop him. So Abraham returned to the, with the young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Now, so we can see that Abraham did something. Let's go to Romans. Let's see what God says. Because God just got through saying the there. But we're going to go all the way to the book of Romans chapter 4. We're going to show you what happened to Abraham. Romans chapter number four. Oh man, this is so good. Start verse number one. 
What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh has found? What did Abraham find out? Verse 2 says, For if Abraham was justified, that word justified means made righteous. If Abraham was made righteous by works, he hath there of the glory, but not before God. But what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God. That's what happened to Abraham. So if I, when I go back, when I read Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, Galatians chapter 6, all that says Abraham believed God. Well, you, wait a minute. God told Abraham to take the life of his son, offer him up as a sacrifice. Well, when God saw that Abraham would kill his own son, God stopped him. He said, now nah, I know you believe me. So this is what the new covenant put down. What saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, watch this, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now, let's just read that down to verse number 7. It says, Now to him that worketh is reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, just by believing, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now, you have to understand what it means when it says his faith was counted for righteousness. So the word righteousness means God used a person's faith in Christ to declare him righteous. That's awesome. God used your faith in Christ to declare you righteous. So when he sees you believe in Christ's death, bed, and resurrection for your only salvation, God declares you righteous. God makes you a righteous person. Now because you are righteous, now there's nothing but God will withhold from you. That's what it means. There's no good thing God would hold from them that walk upright. They would walk upright mean righteous. All right? So that's what, what the problem was with people. So my whole point is, is when you, say, when you say, okay, I believe in the cross for my salvation. And then I turn around and say, well, you still got to be water baptized. My question is why? See, when you do that, you are saying the cross is not enough to save you. So you are saying God's salvation is progressive. The cross was okay, but now I got to get water baptized. Now I got to join the church. Wait, 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 wait. You're not joining a church in the new covenant. No, 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 no. You got to understand. See, that's the whole problem with man. He thinks he's joining the church. No, you become a part of the body of Christ. Let me show you how you got in the body of Christ. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. See, the way you got in the body of Christ was not through water baptism. This is what denomination teaches you. Denomination teaches you water baptism is how you got in Christ. Because the Bible says you're baptized in the Christ. So they say, okay, then baptized in the Christ. You got to water baptize a man to get him in Christ. See, that's error. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 13. I'll wait till you get there. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13 says, For by one spirit, I, I want to make, I want this to be in your heart so bad. For by one spirit are we all baptized. Not water, 
For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Listen to what the words say. It didn't say water, did it? For what, by one spirit are we all baptized in one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. You can't get in Christ through water baptism. You can't get in Christ all this stuff people doing in the church. It doesn't make you better. As a matter of fact, it takes you from grace because it shows you don't believe in the cross to be saved alone. I can't say it enough. You have to believe in the cross of Christ to save you by self. Nothing else. Just the cross. It's your salvation. Jesus bought your salvation on the cross. All right, let, let's, let's move on. This is, this is so good here. Because I want, I want to begin to show you. Let's go to Romans 12 and 1. While we're there. Roman, Romans, I'm just laying a foundation of first service because I really want to take off. But I do that the second service. Romans chapter 1, chapter 12, I'm sorry. And verse 1. Now all of this is righteous. This is what God made us. So when Paul said, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies. A living sacrifice, number one, holy sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. Watch this. Present your body, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Living sacrifice, holy sacrifice, acceptable unto God. How is a man, how can a man present his body a living sacrifice, holy sacrifice, Acceptable sacrifice to God. You can only do it in Christ. Let me show you that. Let's show you that in the Word. In the book of Ephesians. Because this is what God done. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. People are trying to do this in church physically, naturally. People are trying to take water baptism and put you in Christ. Trying to take foot washing. Washing your feet to make you holy. People are wearing different clothes. Don't, can't wear this and can't wear this so they can be holy. That had nothing to do with your sanctification. That had nothing to do with your righteousness. That had nothing to do with your justification. That's religion. Tradition of men. Let's see God's plan in Ephesians uh, chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse number 3. I'm sorry, chapter 1 and verse 3. Chapter 1, I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. We're going to start verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Look at verse number, look at verse number 4. According as he has chosen us before the foundation of the world, watch this, that we should be holy. Now, that's what God wants us to be. Holy without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Watch, watch why he tell you how he did it. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us, don't drop your cup, 
He has made us accepted in the beloved. God has made us accepted in Christ. So when God, by his Holy Ghost, 1 Corinthians 12 and 12, 12 and 13, put you in Christ, now you are accepted with God. Not only that, when God, by the Holy Ghost, put you in Christ, now you are chosen. All of these words happen when God, Holy Ghost, puts you in Christ. You become righteous. You become holy. You become justified. You become sanctified. You become glorified. Everything that God has for you is fulfilled in Christ when God puts you in his son. Well, my time is up. I thank you for yours. Every head bowed. Pastor, thank you for explaining this to us. Oh, that's good. But is Christ in you? Is he in you right now? Because if he's not, you don't have his spirit, you're none of his. The only way you're going to get God's spirit is through the cross. Now, if you, are, if you got into religion, tradition of men, get out. Get out, like God said to, uh, in the Old Testament to, to Lot, escape for your life. Escape for your life. You can't have nothing that give you faith but the cross. That's why we glory in the cross. That's how we got our faith. Christ died for my sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead is how I got my faith. I believe that. And when God, see, I believe that, he counted me righteous. Made me a new creation in Christ. Now old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You pray that prayer. Call this ministry sometime. Let us know you have received the Lord Jesus Christ testimony, his death, burial, and resurrection, and your salvation. God bless you. My time is up, and I thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.